the optimal life. Lauren, welcome. Thank you. It's great to have you. Um, I came across you as we were just talking. I saw your recent black belt promotion. Uh, you popped up on my YouTube home feed and I belt promotions. I always love those belt promotions because you get to see people. They're shocked. They're surprised. They don't know what to say. And then they're going around the room. Your husband's giving belts to the blue belts are now and then the purple and brown. And then they get to you. And I watched your acceptance speech and I was blown away. Blown, absolutely blown away. Um, uh <laughs> thank you so so let's start with that you started training 14 years you said it took you a long time you said it took you 14 years to get to this point yeah yeah but i wanted to go through uh this little excerpt from the, what you said because i want people to really and we're linking this in the show notes so anyone wants to watch the video uh we've linked it here in the show notes but I just wanted to give give the audience a little flair for this, and then we'll. I want to hear from you. But the, here's what you said. You were talking about how you started off by saying, "I don't feel any different. I'm holding this black belt. I don't feel any different today than I did when I, before I came in here the day before." But then you went on to say, "You know, you would have never. I would have never dreamed any of this. I would have never dreamed about being a UFC fighter, or getting a black belt, or having a great marriage, or having a job that I like." Or having the kind of life where I get up and do whatever I want every day. I just have a really fantastic life. And it's all because of jujitsu. Every good thing I have in my life is because of jujitsu. When I walked into Gracie, however many years ago, I looked at the ground all the time. And I was always drunk. And I took a lot of pills. And I was not an athlete. And I was married to a guy I didn't like. And I lived in a shack. I lived in a fucking shack. <laughs> I don't feel any different now than I did yesterday, but I'm a whole different person than I was when I first walked in the door. So keep coming and let jujitsu change your life. It's a really cool thing. How do you feel? What was, how do you feel looking back on that moment? Um. Well, I don't really remember saying that, but I do say it a lot that like, Gosh, it kind of like made me cry a little bit. <laughs> it's so true, though. Like um, every good thing that I have in my life is because of jujitsu. And um, actually, I heard somebody say that several years ago. Raquel Canudo said that one time. And it just really resonated with me. I was like, oh, my God, me too. Like <clears throat> every good thing I have is because I walked into a jujitsu gym one day mm -hmm. and um like, I didn't know it at the time. I had no idea at the time how life-changing it was going to be. But it just really changed my whole world, like, one day at a time. It wasn't overnight. Um, it wasn't, like, all at once. It was just a little bit at a time every day. The same way that, like, training builds up to a black belt, that's the same, like, effect it had on my life. Like, a little bit every day I changed. And the more I changed, like, my life around me changed. And things just kept getting um like mostly better better for the most part you know like there were right. some dips and valleys and ups and downs but um yeah mostly it's, it's overwhelming hard. it's hard to put into words uh, still for you when you yeah when you think about it, it, it yeah. made me more confident for sure like when i started like learning jujitsu it made me more confident in myself and that's a game changer you know just having the ability to walk around like with your head up and look people in the eye and feel good about what you're doing as a human being 
that's, you know, that's a whole different state of mind. Now you're bringing a whole different energy into your life. And um, that was big for me. I started meeting people that I really liked to be around. I loved being part of a team. Um, and I, I learned a lot of accountability going to jujitsu because it was like, how good do you want to be? You know, that was up to me. Like it was up to me to be as good as I wanted to be. And I walked in with this belief that like, if I just tried really hard and trained a lot and worked really hard, I could be as good as I wanted. And mm -hmm. I love that, you know? And so, um, I wanted to be really good. And so, um, I just trained all the time, you know, and, um, and here we are. <laughs> yeah, here, here we, we are. are. It's like, I, I tell people sometimes, like when I started, I was in Alaska. And like I said, I'd never been an athlete. And like, I was, you know, not sober when I started and just all these things. And the biggest thing that I could dream of was like doing like a local jujitsu tournament. I was like, well, maybe one day I'll do like, I don't know, like a tournament, you know, like in the city. And that was the biggest thing I could think of for myself was like, doing a local tournament, you know, I literally could not conceive of the idea that I could ever be a fighter on a world stage, you know, that it just wasn't even in yeah, the realm can of possibility. You? How, how can you when you're, when you're at that point in your life? And I, and I want to get back to that, those days. So first off, what was the catalyst? I mean, how do you wake up one day you're struggling with with the addictions, which we I want to get into a little bit. But what was the catalyst where you actually are told, hey, you should go into this jujitsu gym? What was that? Um, <clears throat> my son at the time was like eight or nine. And he was um, he was kind of struggling a little bit. Like we were both struggling a little bit, really. But um, he was in school at the time, you know, and so he was having a hard time making friends and he wasn't uh, super happy and I was going through some stuff. And so I was like, well, I, I always wanted to do right by him. You know, I did try to do right by him. And so I was like, well, maybe I'll put him in martial arts. Like um, that'll build confidence, give him an outlet to make friends, you know, teach him some discipline. And like, it's just all good, good mm -hmm. things, you know, martial arts. And I had always kind of dreamed of doing martial arts, but just had never done it, just had never done it, never played really sports as a kid. Like, I, I think I went to karate once when I was like seven, like my mom took me to some, but I never made it past white belt. Like I never made it to any belt. I went to like four classes, you know, <laughs> like that was it. And so anyway, um, I took Max in back then we had phone books so i like opened the phone book and i was like just literally put my finger in and it was a gracie baja which is a jujitsu chain you know it's a jujitsu school and so we went in there and um actually i called the lady first and i was like hey i want to bring my kid in and what does this look like she was like well you know jujitsu is submission fighting it's like it's like wrestling on the ground and it's joint locks and it's chokes and things like that. And I was like, Ooh, I don't know about all that. Like, I don't really want to do all that. <laughs> and she said, well, 90% of fights end up on the ground. And I was like, Oh shit. You know, I just thought about it for a second. I was like, dude, that's true. Like, and think of any street fight you've ever seen or like shitty fight on YouTube or bum fights, like fights in the bar. What happens? Yep. They grab each other, they fall over, they end up on the ground. And I was like, damn, it would be good to know how to fight like <laughs> on the ground. And so we went in and I really was just like, hey, Max, uh, that's my son. I was like, I'm going to do the adult class, you know, so that we're doing this thing together and uh, you'll feel like supported. And so um, I did the adult class and honestly, I just loved it. Like from from the get, I just 
I don't know, I borrowed a gi and like, it was like not the right size. I think it was not, I think it was like a judo gi. I think it wasn't even like the right sport. <laughs> and I, I wrote my name in big letters on it. And I just started going all the time. And um, wow. I loved what it did for me. I, I loved meeting people. I loved telling people like, dude, I'm learning a martial art. Like I'm going to be a badass, <laughs> you know? I, I was like a no stripe white belt. And I, it just did so much for me. Wow. And you were about 26 at that time, correct? Yeah, I think I was 26. Yeah, 26. I, I really I am fascinated by what ifs in life. And I really just wonder what if your son act, wasn't having problems and wasn't having maybe some behavioral issues, how different your life might look today. Like it was actually a blessing that he was in that state. Yeah, I don't even want to think about it because it's like um, everything happens, I guess. I mean, I don't know, maybe. Uh, we won't go there, but I like if things had kept going the way they were going, then like maybe I would have stayed in nursing school and stayed married to that guy and like never tried anything. And I, you know, I don't know where I would be, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't be nearly as happy. I wouldn't have had all the adventures that I've had. I wouldn't have traveled the world. I wouldn't, I just, I wouldn't be nearly as happy or grateful. Wow. You know, it's just incredible what this this story. So you so you you lost go. Let's go back. Let's go back to when things started taking a turn. And it started for you at a young age, because correct me if I'm wrong, you were 11 when your father passed in an airplane accident. Yeah. In Alaska, which actually isn't really that uncommon in Alaska. But yeah, that was hard. That was a hard time. Obviously. 11 years old, do you remember that? I mean, how does an 11-year-old respond to that kind of news? Um, I don't know. I do. I remember, like, my sister coming in and telling me. Um, she's my half-sister, so we, we have the same mom, but we have different dads. But she's, like, eight or nine years older than me, and I always really looked up to her a lot. And so um, – she had told me my dad was missing and then um, that they were looking for him. And I kind of knew then I was like, nobody goes missing in Alaska. You know, like this isn't going to be good. But um, then like that night, at, like midnight or something or in the middle of the night, she came into my room and told me that they had found his body. Hmm. And it's just yeah. like, I mean, you don't even you can't even process it. I think as an 11 year old, you just don't really process it that well. And so I called, my, you know, I called my friends and told them what happened and that I wouldn't be coming to school. And we took some time out of school. And my mom um, didn't know what to do. She was just like, she just didn't know what to do. And so, you know, she like took us to the mall like that day. Like we were just like walking around like we just didn't. We were like, what do we do? You know, you, you can't even fathom the impact that it's going to have on your future life. Like even right. as an adult, I don't think you can fathom that kind of impact. So you're in a, um, you're in a state of fog almost. You, you feel like you're like numb and, and just kind of wandering. Yeah. I think that's a good way to put it. I mean, that's what I remember, you know? So, um, I don't know. Yeah. I remember like going, you know, just kind of going through it, being in shock for a long time and, and then um, how does that how does that then, uh, Lauren, manifest as you get into your later, you know, teenage years? You start realizing that, hey, this thing is is haunting me. When when do you what's what's happening? Oh, I don't think it's like that. I don't think it really happens like that. I think it's more like looking back now. I can kind of just see that, like, man, girls need dads. You know, like mm -hmm. girls need dads, and uh, we need 
kind of we need dudes in our life that like we can trust and that love us and teach us how women are supposed to be treated and teach us that like you know we are worthy and and um yeah i think if you don't have a strong father figure in your life to show you that as a young female then definitely like your psyche is going to suffer a little bit and your confidence is going to suffer and your self-esteem and things like that yeah um, you know just had a lot of a lot of like shit like that going on you know there's a reason that there's a term like daddy issues for a reason because girls grow up without a dad they don't get to learn things like self-worth and boundaries and appropriate behavior from people around them and um you know, we miss out on all kinds of stuff. So I think it was more like that was happening. But of course, you can't see that when you're in the middle of it. I only know all of this because I can look back on it now, you know, 30 years later. But um, I think just at the time, it was like, I think I um, was just kind of looking to escape, you know, and so um, drugs and alcohol are an easy way to escape. And uh, that's what I did for a long time. And what age does that start at? Oh, I don't know, like 14 or 15, probably. 14 or 15. But I don't know. Who knows? I, I might have been an addict or an alcoholic, even if my life was perfect. You know, there's there's plenty of addicts and alcoholics out there that abuse drugs and alcohol daily and have some sort of problem with it. And they have, like, really great upbringings and both parents and, like, you know, nothing that we would consider, like, traumatic to happen. So yeah. I don't like to really blame, like, my alcoholism on my dad's death. I think they're... I think they're related but separate. <laughs> you I know, understand like, what you're saying. Absolutely, <laughs> that makes that makes a lot of sense. Uh, it sounds like what you what the big message was is, and there's a lot of girls that are dealing with this too. Growing up now, when they don't have a strong male figure in their lives in their household, someone that's a protector that can teach them right from wrong and teach them their self worth. It sounds like you were yeah. surrounding yourself with uh, uh, guys that were probably not respectful or didn't treat you the way that you really should be treated. And that's kind of, you feel like it's normal because you don't really know any different. Yeah. I think girls do go through that. I mean, anytime you have like one parent absent in the home, there's going to be that imbalance, you know, kids learn from their mothers too. And boys learn from both parents and girls learn from both parents. And anytime you're missing one of those factors, you know, the, the children are going to suffer in the household because they're, missing out on you know a lot of things that we learn from our parents we you know so yeah i did I, I missed out on a lot of that stuff and um you know what can i say i enjoyed getting high i liked getting high i liked getting drunk um made me feel like i fit in like it was um it was an easy way to feel popular and like have purpose and um give me something to do and i felt like it was something i was good at and that people like could um associate with me you know i felt like it was part of my identity was like getting drunk or getting high so yeah i mean there's a lot of reasons people turn to drugs and alcohol but how, how old were you when you got married your first time Ooh, good question i think i was like 24 23 do you remember the, do you remember the wedding or were you were you so inebriated because you were like <laughs> trying to forget it in the moment no check it out i was sober when i got married to that guy uh you know, I've been sober off and on most of my adult life. So I've had long stretches of sobriety before and like um, some like serious relapses before and other long stretches of sobriety. And um, I've been sober from alcohol for like a decade now. But um, when I went to when I married that guy, I was like 24. And I think I've been sober through a 12 step 
through a 12-step program for like years. I was like, like four or five years at that time, but we were both in a 12 step program and I like, you know, I felt like that was my identity at the time. And so that was like a big part of me. I felt like that was going to be the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. Met this other guy that was sober, but, um, I still had all those issues we talked about, like a lack of boundaries and lack of self-worth and lack of self-respect and, um, inability to stand up for myself and just things that you learn, you know, I think, um, as a young girl, you tend to learn from your dad. And so I married a guy that was kind of a shitbag to me, even though he was sober and we really weren't great to each other. We were kind of terrible to each other. Mm. And that marriage lasted about a year and then, um, we separated. So you're 24, you get married, you've been struggling with alcohol and, and pills, like you said, or drugs since you're 15, give or take mm. 24, you get married and you're in this 12 step thing. You think that this is your identity. Who could have predicted that? I don't know, six years later, give or take from the day you got married, that you would be signing with the UFC and fighting on a international stage. I, I'm, <laughs> I know. I, it's mind boggling. It's so wild. You know, like uh, I was married to that guy when I started MMA. Well, actually when I, when I started jujitsu, I, I was still married to that guy. And he hated it. He was like, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, this is so cool. Like, check out this thing that I learned. Like, I would show him an arm bar or something. Or like, I was like into it. The way you were talking about, you're into it right now. You're like watching jiu-jitsu videos. You're like watching, you know, watching fights. You're talking about it. You're immersed in it. And um, he didn't like that. Like, he just didn't love that. He didn't love that. He thought it was gross. He thought females like learning martial arts was disgusting. And so I... I had started going to MMA practices and stuff. And he was like, this is disgusting. He was like, what are you doing? Like you're violent and you know, like this is not who you are and I don't like this, you know? And um, I was like, well, I, I want to do a fight. I took a fight. And so I was training and he didn't come to my first fight. Uh, my friends came and they supported me and my husband didn't come. Mm. And um that was everything you needed to know because no, at the time I didn't even think it was that weird. Like that's just how our marriage was, you know, like at the time I was like, Oh, whatever. Like didn't think much of it, but I knew something was wrong, you know, with but, our was, but wasn't it frustrating? I'm sorry, Lauren, wasn't it frustrating though to you? Cause you're starting to find this outlet that you've never had before. You're finally feeling amazing. Like this is something that you could see really taking somewhere. And, uh, and the one person that you want to be supportive of you is is kind of like uh, a naysayer. I mean, that had to be frustrating for you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it is. It, you know, jujitsu begins and ends a lot of relationships. <laughs> it really does because it's yeah. so life changing, you know. And so um, it's kind of funny way to look at it. But it's like people start coming to jujitsu and their lives change. They become more confident. They look the world in the eye. They have a new passion. They find new purpose. Suddenly they're helping others like with this sport as they're learning more, they're getting in shape. They start caring about their health. They start caring about their diet. Like they're listening to the Joe Rogan podcast. They're like watching YouTube, you know, like all this shit just starts to change in their life and they're, partner might not like it. It's like suddenly you're a different person than their partner originally signed up to be with. And they might not have signed up to be with somebody that's like that, you know? And I think that's how my husband felt, my ex-husband. I think he felt like it was inappropriate for women to 
like roll around on the ground with other men and it was inappropriate for women to fight. He thought that was just violent and disgusting. And um, he didn't love it. You know, he didn't like that. I was like taking my life in a different direction all of a sudden. I mean, we had been married less than a year. And so he was a ghost at the gym. He like never really came to practices. I think he felt like a little threatened too. You know, it's like, Sure. My wife's becoming a badass. Like, what does that <laughs> say about me as a man? You know, <laughs> feel, feel a little bit less, feel a little bit lesser than he did before. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, it just, it was just one of those things where it was like, um, we finally separated and uh, it was, you know, it was obviously the right decision. It was like a thousand pound weight off my I was going to say, now you're going, I'm free. Now I can yeah, really take yeah. this thing to the next level. Yeah, and right. I, you know, I'm sure that he felt the same way. So he's sure. not a bad guy. He's just not my guy. You know, he's he's not a bad dude though. But um, yeah, I was like, started. You know, just I was fighting. Was I was in love with it? I was obsessed. I was at the gym all the time, and that was my people. I had found a new group that I related with, that I could talk to, that I had like earned my way into. I loved that. It was it was amazing. Did you go home ever in those early years with the white belt and blue belt years where you there had to be moments where you got home and, and you were just emotional, like emotional and, and, and with happiness and joy. Like I, I've never felt this way before. Um, no, I wouldn't say that where I was overcome with joy. I definitely had days where I went home crying because I was frustrated from practice or like you know, like frustrated with myself. And it, it really motivated me to want to get better and go back and do better. And so nights like that, where I'd be like, fuck, I got submitted like eight times, you know, like, uh, it really motivated me. Like I'm going back tomorrow for the fucking morning class, the noon class, the night class. <laughs> I'm getting better at this. Yeah. But let me, uh, I mean, were there ever any times where, again, you walked in that first day, you said you couldn't even look people in the eye. You're you're staring at the floor mm -hmm. and then, within the first, I don't know, months, years where you're driving home from a going, Oh my God. Like I feel, I feel liberated. I feel different. I feel free. I feel excited. I feel confident. I mean, you had to have those kind of moments. I, I suppose I did, but I didn't like, I think, I just think that when you're in the middle of it, you can't see it. Like I didn't know all those things were happening until much later. I certainly had days where I felt very happy and I was having fun with my friends. And there were days where like I got to go to the fights and like started to, you know, feel like somebody important around the fight game and like people knew me and that kind of stuff like felt pretty good and it was confidence boosting. But today, now I have many moments where I'm like, holy shit, I can't believe my life turned out like this. This is incredible. Like I got to, you know, my dog's this shit, my house is this shit. Like, but at the time, you know, I didn't have anything like that. I was building all that, but you can't see it when you're just building it. Yeah. You know? You're in the thick of it. Sure. sure. And I had a real different attitude then too, you know, like in the last like five or six years, I've gotten real focused on gratitude and being present in the moment. And, um, really being thankful for everything I have. And that wasn't my focus back in the day. You know, back in the day, I was like rushing around, trying to get Max to school, get everything done, make time for practice, get some sleep, go to college, get a job, you know, work my job, get money, pay rent. Like I had a lot of stress back then. And so there were definitely times I was happy, but I, I don't remember ever feeling overcome with joy or like having a spiritual wow. experience because of jujitsu. Mm. Interesting. So, 
Well, how does that happen? What, that day that you saw, I know you were fighting for some smaller organizations, and then all of a sudden you're about 30 years old, and you get the call that the UFC is going to sign you. What, what's that day like, and how does that come about? Um, well, to be honest, I feel like like most athletes pretty much kind of know when it's coming. It's not always like a huge shocking surprise, you know, because by that point I had won the Invicta belt. I had won the AFC belt. I was undefeated. I was 8-0. I had six finishes. You know what I mean? Like people were talking about me like I was a veteran of the game. There were like there were articles online about, you know, me and other competitors and stuff. And um, I, I still all- I, I got to I have to interrupt you. I, I still can't believe that that's literally within several years of you starting <laughs> this martial. I mean, that's wild. I it know. Really yeah. it, it really is. Yeah. And people were telling me that at the time and I didn't really understand what they what they meant i just i would always be like they were like you were never an athlete and i'm like no who cares so what <laughs> you know and they would be like that's really crazy and i was and i was like well why why is that so crazy like what's weird about that i just didn't I yeah didn't you, get you, you didn't see because you know it's yourself you're like oh what's the big deal but when yeah. you look at it it is so extraordinary now that yeah. you're looking from the outside <laughs> looking it's so ridiculously exceptional thank you yeah now looking back it definitely is but the, the way I got signed to the UFC was, um, you know, all the fighters are on Facebook. All the female fighters kind of know who we all are. You know, everybody was kind of in the know. And um, Sarah Kaufman and Sarah McMahon were both signed to the UFC, and they, they were supposed to fight. And Sarah Kaufman um, had to pull out. Or she actually, I think she wouldn't take the fight. And it was one of those things where the UFC was trying to push her into it, and, like, she didn't want to take it, you know for whatever her reason was. And so um, um, I was like, well, I'll take that fight. And I was still fine with Invicta at the time, but I think I actually put it on Facebook. I was like, I'll take that fight if Sarah Kaufman doesn't want it. Mm. And so I think Sarah McMahon actually called the matchmakers and was like, hey, what about Lauren Murphy, you know? And I like I said, I was the Invicta champion and I was uh, like undefeated at the time. You know, I had something the UFC could hang their hat on and I knew it. And so they did call about six weeks before the fight. And they, you know, um, they, at that time I had a manager that called and was like, Hey, are you sitting down? I was like, yeah, but I already knew what he was going to say. He was like, all right, well, you're fighting Sarah McMahon. Uh, I forget the date, August something. Um, You're fighting Sarah McMahon in August. So start getting ready. And I was like, yes. And then, you know, me and Joe celebrated, like jumped up and down, jumped into his arms and yeah. And Joe's your husband. For those, uh-huh. by then, by then he was my husband. Yeah, he's your, he was your husband. Like, right. We've been married a year. Yeah, at that point. What were you at that point? You're a few years. What are you, a blue or purple belt at that point? That was a blue belt. Blue belt, and she's the Invicta champion of the world. That's pretty <laughs> yeah. awesome. Yeah, That's incredible. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. And then, so you go to fight UFC, and you haven't looked back. You've been with the UFC ever since. That was in 2014. So you're going on 10 years mm-hmm. um, with the UFC. Yeah. And and you also participated in The Ultimate Fighter. I, yeah. I wanted to ask you about that experience because, first of all, watching some of those clips of you and The Ultimate Fighter versus today, you look totally different than you did. I know. Time. I know. Yeah. We were just talking about that actually with a friend of mine this week who, um, actually, my business partner. And uh, we were talking about reality TV, and I was like, oh, dude, I was on a reality show once. <laughs> and he and his wife were like, what? They didn't even know. And um, one of the things we told him was like, hey, like when you watch it, like I look way different, way different. And um, 
I think it's just because I was walking around at such a low weight. Like I, I looked really like skeletal. And um, at the time I didn't have like a nutritionist or dietitian or anything. I just lost a bunch of weight and was walking around hella skinny and hungry right. all the time. Yeah. You know, I mean, you look, you look, you look totally different. You look a thousand times healthier today too. Yeah. 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 I feel a lot better too. What was the situation real quick too? I'm sorry. Uh, with, uh, I you you switched teams because you were you were frustrated with Al, you were on Eddie Alvarez's team and yeah. then you switched to Gage, Justin Gaethje's team what was that what was that about uh, i just thought Eddie was kind of a dick like we're already under enough stress and enough pressure like this is going to be on tv it's for the belt fucking we're all living together we can't talk to our families you can't have food or you can't have books music tv radio nothing like we don't got shit and then this fucking douchebag is going to come in here and start treating us like we ain't shit. You know what I'm saying? Like he just kind of had this attitude that he was fucking better than everybody. And everybody was kind of a fucking joke to him. And I don't know. And he, he was supposed to be your, he was supposed to be your coach too. I mean, he yeah. was your coach. Yeah. Yeah. And I was super worked up about it. I was real high strung about it because um, it was for the belt. And I was like, really wanted to be the champion. And I think, you know, if I could go back, uh, I just try to enjoy the fucking experience a little bit more. I wasn't even interested in enjoying the experience because I just wanted to win the belt, you know. And so Eddie irritated me and we kind of got into it. And then um, um, there was a chick named Sajara that was on there and she was in the UFC for a while. And I, I was like, she's going to miss weight for sure. And um, she kind of did, but then she made it on her second attempt. And it was just. It was a bunch of drama, which is what a fucking reality TV show great, is. Great reality yeah. show. Yeah, they weren't expecting that, <laughs> but <laughs> well, they got something I guess, good. Like, some people have changed teams. This happened a couple times, but like everybody thought I was like breaking the law or something. And I don't know. I'm glad I did it because um, I really didn't like Eddie that much. Like I said, I just thought he was kind of a fucking prick, like just acted like he's better than everybody. But Justin was cool, man. He was really fucking cool to everybody. And he had a really cool attitude. And he taught me a lot about having a good attitude and about like staying present in the moment and um, staying real positive. And that was kind of the first time somebody had really like, not just, he didn't tell me, he showed me. And so he taught me a lot about attitude and staying present and staying positive just with his actions and his words and stuff. He never had to sit me down and have a talk, but he just, uh, so I'll always be a Justin Gaethje fan. Like I know there's like millions of us out there, like a million Justin Gaethje fans, but I'm a huge Justin Gaethje fan. Well, he definitely seems like one of the more normal, regular dudes that's fighting in the UFC. He seems like yeah. a normal, great dude. Real down to earth, real right. friendly, like just right. just a good guy. Oh, that's great. Mm -hmm. Um, we're getting close here. We're getting close to finishing. Uh, a couple more questions about fighting, and then and I know you've got a fight coming up, I believe, in March, right? UFC two ninety nine. I don't. No, no I don't. don't. Okay, mm -hmm. I saw that online. I don't know what where that was posted. But... It got offered, but it's not a thing. It's not going to happen. Oh, okay. Yeah. So a uh, couple things. Uh, you had two fights. Uh, your two most recent fights were both high profile. Was Misha Tate? You beat Misha Tate couple fights ago was that your biggest you know on paper was that your biggest victory in your career yeah on paper for sure that's like the crown jewel the crown jewel yeah <laughs> yeah it's beating a you know former ufc champion and a ufc star and uh beating her handily too you know like not i didn't even get touched in that fight so to have a performance like that against a contender like her is that's uh incredible. that's beautiful i, yeah, I remember i saw you in a post interview you said yeah i'm a bad motherfucker what do you yeah. expect what do you expect <laughs> 
Yep. <laughs> yeah, Once when I'm focused, right? man, you know, and so I think that's the that's the game changer. If I'm focused, I'm real dangerous. And um, you know, if I'm not, then it might be a bad night for me. So <laughs> what did you learn from your last fight a year ago, Jessica and Draj? That was a, a rough one. What did you learn from that one? Yeah. Um, a lot really. I mean, I learned a lot about I think when I look back at that camp, it's like I just wasn't as disciplined as I was when I fought Misha. I think I got a little cocky when I fought Misha and was like, yeah. oh, shit, I got this, you know, got this all figured out. And so I kind of slacked off a little bit in that camp, the fight in Draj, and it really showed on fight night, you know, it showed in my mentality. Like I wasn't able to be really confident because I knew I had cut some corners in camp and um that's a, you know, that's a hard thing to deal with. And I, I never used to have to deal with that when I was coming up, you know, I always knew that I had put 110% into it. And so to kind of be in this phase of my career where I'm like experiencing stuff like that, uh, it's good for me to experience it. And it's also shitty because, you know, usually it's a hard lesson to learn. <laughs> sure, sure. Well, I think that's a common trap, Lauren. I think it is. You see it all the time. That's why it's so hard for guys to stay champion for a long time. Yeah, because you just it's get so high on your laurels and you go, I'm just going to beat everyone's ass. And, you know, some that other guy or that other girl in camp is working so hard. Mm. And, you know, you're kind of skating through because of what you just did on the, the prior performance. Yeah. Yeah. It was hard. And there was a big part of me, too, that was like, how am I going to follow up that performance? Like it was flawless, you know, like, wow, what am I going to do now? You know, how do I top that? And uh, it was just a really weird mindset. Like I had no idea you could have such a fantastic win and that there would be these pitfalls afterward. But like I said, we're learning, we're learning. So yep. it's a process. Um, so you're 40 now, is that correct? That's correct. Yeah. And you're still fighting in the UFC. What is, what does the rest of your career look like if you could draw it out now? That's a with good the, question. With uh, the there's UFC, two with the UFC specifically. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm going to retire in the UFC for sure. I'm never going to fight anywhere else. Like I've, you know, being a UFC fighter is the greatest. It's like the greatest honor you can have as a fighter, in my opinion. Um, to like my career in the UFC has been incredible. My career has been incredible. I'm a part of an incredible class of women, like that I got to come up with as a pro. Like my story is incredible. Um, like I said, like that looking now, looking back on all this stuff that I've done, I'm like, I, I feel fulfilled. I feel very grateful. I feel fulfilled. I feel very happy with my career. So, um, you know, we'll see what the future holds. But um, I, you know, like last year, my husband and I each opened a business. I opened uh, Deep End Fitness Houston out here in Houston. It's awesome. Um, I love it. it. Keeps me really connected with athletes. Give me something to to grow and like work towards. Uh, my husband opened a Henzo Gracie out here um, in Pearland. And so like we have our two businesses that we're growing. Um, I have a lot of projects that I'm working on. Like we have a lot of good stuff going on in our life. So mm. I'm not sure what's next for me, but whatever it is, it's going to be good. And um, I'm going to give a hundred percent to it. And um, yeah, we'll have to see. Beautiful stuff. Yeah. You guys can check her out. We've linked her in the show notes, your Instagram you can see some of your, your businesses and all the different things you guys are doing uh, through the Instagram account. Again, we've also linked, guys, the YouTube video. I highly recommend taking a few minutes. Skip over to the 25-minute mark. 
And again, watch Lauren's black belt promotion speech. She doesn't even remember what she said. I had a reminder. Here. <laughs> um, I've got uh, one final question for you. Kind of, uh, for, I, I want this is directed some advice I could take from you, just like Gaethje gave you advice. What kind of advice do you have for me? I'm starting, uh, I think I'm going to be going doing my first jujitsu tournament in a few weeks. Oh, congratulations. So, yeah, thank you. And I'm 42 years old and, uh, you know, I'm an old man. I'm in the master's division. Um, but what kind of advice? What do I, you know, butterflies, mentality, mindset, what do I need to know? Man, there's a lot. There's a lot we could go over, but um, try to just like when you start to get anxious, try to breathe. Anytime that your exhales are longer than your inhales, it's going to be like a calming effect. So anytime you start to get those butterflies in your stomach, just take a deep breath. Let it out. <clears throat> Do that as many times as you need to and just try to enjoy the moment. You know, it's easy to get so worked up and like so full of adrenaline and everything else that you forget. But these this sport, it always adds to our life. It never takes away. You know, it always adds to our life. So just try to enjoy it and relax into it and um, breathe. <laughs> just breathe. I love just it. Breathe, baby. Just breathe. Just breathe. <laughs> uh lauren murphy lucky lauren murphy you know they do say it's better to be lucky than good but <laughs> well i'm know, the luckiest <laughs> i was gonna say i think you're both i think you're lucky and i think hey thank you so much awesome connecting with you thanks for having me on man i appreciate it this was a good interview